you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Nicolene Elhadat. Welcome, Nicolene. Hi, Mad. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure indeed. And where are you joining us from, Nicolene? I'm in Cape Town in South Africa. Fantastic. And believe it or not, there are some people around the world who yet don't know who you are. So could you do a little bit of an introduction and share some of your magic and how you've ended up where you are right now? Sure. Um, Well, I'm a self-made millionaire. My husband and I started our very first business from our garage and uh, we didn't have many other options at that time. And uh, we worked very well together as a couple and we've grew those that business specifically into seven businesses today. Um, And our our mission in life is kind of, we see it that every time we start a business, we get to employ people, we get to change people's lives, we get to impact the world. And even when people leave us as a staff member, we always encourage them to go bigger and bolder and never to go backwards in life. Um, So uh, we also took one of our small businesses and we franchised it across the country because I had this vision of having this massive brand. And we were very blessed to be able to do that, but we did it also our own way. So it's very unique. want to make it corporate we didn't want to make things difficult um, and today we have 22 branches across the country and we're still continuously to grow and again the people that i connect with are you know the business owners that have always dreamt of having a business i'm all for inspiring people to just you know go after that dream doesn't matter how scary it might feel at, you know at first every step you take just makes it feel so much better so that's kind of what we do at the moment and, and we've always kind of coached people people would come to our house for a cup of coffee talk about how they you know what can i do to make my business better and um, so coaching has always been in our blood. So at the moment, we've actually tried to walk away a little bit from our brick and mortars and actually help more other people do the same like what we've done. Sounds awesome. And it sounds like we're very much on the same wavelength. So that's perfect. Good. <laughs> Excellent. So, I mean, you, you've done a lot of interesting things, but I'm, I'm super interested in this sort of franchising, right? I think a lot of business owners that have a solid business and so on and something that is franchisable uh, have thought about something like that. So I'm super interested in hearing sort of the process you went through and how you figured out it was a good option for franchise and so on. Yeah, well, when we started, it's a coffee shop that we started. And when we did that, we wanted to make sure that first the business idea was just good. In the beginning, we didn't consider franchising at all. So we did open three locations in a very short short period of time. And that, those locations were also very specific when we chose them. You know, one was in a very busy area, one was in a slow area, and one was kind of in the middle. And once we figured out that the what your, your product is, is what people actually come after. It's not where you're specifically always located. And then we grew that to five locations um, in our first full year. And then I realized that when you have one branch or whether you have five, it really is all the same. It's the same when you have kids. <laughs> so that's how I kind of looked at business. And then I realized, but if I can manage five, I could possibly manage more as long as I have a great team that can help me do that. Because this was not our first business, I knew I didn't have to do this alone. And I think this is where a lot of business owners get stuck. Like they feel like they don't want to let go of the reins. They want to keep, you know, have full control. But oh my goodness, your business 
business grows so much bigger and faster when you have people that actually just help you do it, especially if they're also much better at something than you are, which is also another thing for business owners to deal with. But I love that. I would rather pay someone tenfold to do something that I'm not good at. Um, but then we started looking at, you know, actually multiplying across um, the borders and, the, and, and the, the states that we're in. And I knew I did not want to travel or spend more time away from home. So we started looking at how can we franchise it? So we researched a lot of franchise models and things that are out there, but we wanted to keep it unique to us. And like I've mentioned before, like really simple and um, things that are when we meet people, it's either, you know, we gel or we don't gel. Um, we wanted to make sure that people don't go into debt when they joined into us. And um, we wanted people that have always dreamt of owning a coffee shop, because I think when you join a partnership or you collaborate with people that this is something that they've always wanted to do and you can see it in their face and when they're talking about this dream that they've always had they've got a different level of dedication into this business than someone that's just throwing money at you i mean we've had people come on board and say oh i'd like to buy 10 and you can see they're very corporate and they're very good people but that's just not the type of partners that we wanted to bring on board so i believe that if your business is successful you're making good profits and you have systems in place, which means you can kind of step away for a week or even two weeks from your business and your business can still run without you. That is a franchisable model. You do not have to be making millions before you franchise. You do not have to have a massive team. You do not have to you know, even have a famous brand. You just have to have a system that works because um, you just need to find people that are like you, but they're just a couple of years behind and they just need your guidance to help you do that. Sounds super interesting. And uh, yeah, I love the mindset you have behind it as well. I think that's, it's all what, what sets people apart when it comes to success, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, for, for me, the biggest thing I coach people in is definitely delegation, right? There's, there's yeah. nothing that I spend more time talking about. And, and in most cases, it's actually not, people know that they should be delegating. So it's not the fact they don't know about it, but it's the actual mindset behind that's blocking them from yeah, doing it successfully. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And once you do that, like once you actually just take even one small task and you've delegated to someone and you can actually go and see the time that you've saved, that's when it says, oh, okay, well, if I maybe do it a little bit more with another task and you look back after a month and now you realize that you've got five hours extra, as long as you take those five hours, Matt, I think that's where most people make the difference. If you don't use it critically and go make money with those five hours, you won't see the difference. You might, you know, some phases in business, I do believe that you also need to rest. So you could actually delegate some of your work so that you can spend more time at home, spend more time with your family or maybe go away. But when you are in a growing phase of your business, you need to see that, okay, if I say five hours this week, what money-making task can I do this week that actually shows me it was worth hiring, you know, this person part-time or whatever the position was for. Yeah, and I love that as well, right? Because it, the, the one thing I see all the time is people, they they do delegate, but then what happens is they they end up doing silly things. Like they end up sitting mm-hmm. doing customer service or something because, you know, like a lot of entrepreneurs, they want to feel busy and they, they, they don't yes. understand what are the right things to do in the business and what they should be spending their time on. And particularly not if then there's hustle mode mindset where they think it's all about working as many hours and, you know, oh, they, yeah. they don't understand the, the sort of valuable stuff. Uh, that's true. And it's really ingrained in us. Like we feel like if you've worked 20 of the 24 hours, that's like massive. Like you've done your part of, you know, being this business owner, but you could really make more money in four hours than you could have done in those 20 hours. And it's just to know what you actually do. Like I'm very big on schedules, even with my staff, like they all have to have a step schedule. They need to know what they will be doing every day. And they also need to know which of the tasks 
will actually make the needle move move forward. And yes, there are always tasks in a business that is just like, you know, maybe admin or something that, you know, doesn't feel to you like it's moving the needle forward. But those are the tasks that should be done by someone else where you can focus on, you know, maybe just having a conversation with the client and that brings you in more money in that hour than you would have had the whole of last week. So I think it's just that mindset twist. Yeah, and one of the things I always say to people is that look at what you do today and look at if a year from now you can move all of that to other people, right? It doesn't have to be one individual, but basically the way I like to look at business is the fact that you can, you can basically move. Like if you want to develop fast, you want to get rid of everything you do in your business today for next year. Right. And people is like, Oh, you can't do that. And that's uh, these things I have to do. But the whole thing is, you know, even even that if that means bringing someone in to run the company for you or bringing multiple people oh, yeah. in to run the company, right? Oh, yeah. um, but that's, yeah, for me, that's that's the best growth there is. But that's interesting that you, you're saying that, Maz, because I when I speak to some of the small business owners and I ask them, like, do you have an exit plan? Like, what is your plan in five years? Do you still want to do what you're doing today? Or have you got a plan for someone else coming in, managing your business for you so you can, you know, either retire or just start a different business, then most people don't. They kind of see themselves as this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And in a very successful business, the actual business that is successful compared to others is the one that can run without you, which means everything is not connected to you. And that is a different just thought process that you need to start working on if you want to be able to have more business income streams. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also, I mean, it's always always about perspective, right? But I think the problem is that a lot of people love their business until they don't. So mm. a lot of people have this turning point where they're like, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. And then like literally with the flicker switch, suddenly they're like, oh yeah, I don't really love my business anymore. And they're suddenly, they haven't thought of, it's not just exit strategy, but they hadn't, haven't developed their stuff. Like, because mm-hmm. what, what I see when, when people aren't delegating, really the fundamental that happens is that the staff is not being developed and growing to be able and capable to do the work they should be doing. Right. Yeah. And that's really, that's really like holding your staff back and not letting your staff develop is probably yeah. the biggest issue I see with most smaller businesses. Right? Yeah. And it, and it happens to everybody. It's, it's actually recently happened to us. We have a fantastic VA that's been working that for us for years. And just recently I happened to ask her if she can do a specific thing. And she's like, Oh yeah, I love doing that. And I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, I could have asked her this like a year ago and she could have add more value onto that specific platform for us. So I just think it's, it's again, putting it into your schedule that is either once a month or once a quarter, you do specific training with your staff and you, and you educate your staff and you try to make them better at what they do and also to have deep conversations with them. You know, I think sometimes as a business owner, we don't want to open the the box when you ask your staff what they truly think of the business or what they think they can do, you know, maybe better or what would they like to learn because you think that it's, oh, it's just more work for you. But a lot of times they could be value, you know, coming from your staff members. They might have a talent that they haven't even shared with you that could bring money into your business. And I think once you just get into that habit of having a coffee date with all your staff, you know, once a month, it is a good opening space for learning from them and also be able to teach them more about what you know. So my, my framework is significantly more frequent. So basically, I, I always tell people to do at least one one-to-one per week with every full-time staff member, right? And yeah. Because I, I, I fundamentally believe it's all about building relationships and all about having strong relationship with your employees, right? Because yeah. if they are to deliver the best, 
Like the whole thing is most people think running a business is about running the business, but it's not running a business is hiring the right people and, you know, helping them do the work um, instead. Right. And if you actually spend your time focusing on the staff and talking with the staff and and building relationship and developing your staff so that they can do the actual work and you don't have to, that is for me how you build your business most effectively. Yeah, that's true. I love that. Excellent. So um, I loved as well the fact that you like you, you have multiple income streams and that's something that sometimes I see it being a little bit dangerous, particularly if people haven't gotten their first business to the right level. Uh, I own like four or five businesses as well. Um, and I, I, I do see it occasionally with myself, but I, I see a lot of people very easily get distracted. Uh, if they run multiple businesses and they haven't really gotten the first business or the second business or whatever fully run by others, right? Yeah. So what, what sort of your advice and what's been your experience in that regard? Well, we, we grew over time and I think a lot of people want to do it too fast. And time is like this slow thing that feels like it's dragging you down. But in fact, it's like you've mentioned that you need to master one thing first. And when I say master, it does not mean you need to do it for five years before you add something in. It's mastering it so that there's a system to it, so that you have a schedule to it, so that you know how much of your time is really needed in that specific business to make it run by itself. And you can get up to that like within a month's time, like just scheduling and implementing what you know you're supposed to do. I think that's a big thing. We, we know as business owners, so many ideas, like what we could do to make more money or make our customers more happy, but we don't actually implement those things all the time. But when you start thinking, I would say, you know, suggestively, I would say like, just make a list of all the things that you're interested in. What are all the ideas that you have that you could possibly start making more money in outside of just your business? And then start looking at which ones will take the least of your time, which is something that maybe you can partner with someone. Like, so from some of the examples I can share is like, we have a beach house that we hardly ever use because it's quite far from us, but we use it now as an Airbnb and we actually make more money from the the beach house on a monthly basis than we do from one of our small businesses. And it's just because we decided to do that. So for the first couple of years, we never did it. And now for the past two years we have, and it's been making us a lot of money. So if you have a room or a space or even something you can do with someone else to get a space. And again, these are things that do not take up any of my time. It's very automated. Someone sends me a message, they book, they pay, and it's taken care of. Um, The other thing that we've also done recently is we um, partnered up with someone that is very good as an HR and we started our own HR company. So we saw someone that had massive potential. They should actually run their own business, but they just didn't have the right guidance and self-confidence to do it. So we said to them, well, we'll be your your knowledge, we'll be your guidance, we'll be your accountability, and you just come in and do your thing. And because starting an HR firm doesn't cost a lot of money in the beginning, that he was able to join us in our office and just use the space to work from. And this way, you know, he's now making more money per month than he used to make it per year. We get, you know, a cut from that as well. And we also get to learn more and we actually use them to help us hire staff for our other businesses as well. So it's a give and take, but it's something that can come from you just partnering with someone. Um, another thing that we also do is we're also big in property. So we started that very slowly. Like we, I remember we were married for our first year and we, um, before we even bought our own house, we looked at getting a small apartment and we looked at how much the mortgage would be every month and we made sure that we pay the deposit is that big enough so that the rent will cover the mortgage and it was literally off our hands and we about five years later the apartment was paid off 
Um, and then, we, you know, I think after the second year already, we saw that because it didn't cost us anything, we can do this again. And that is how we slowly add. So I really want people just to understand that have your ideas, be ambitious, look at what other people are doing, but know which ones doesn't cost you money so much in the beginning, which ones will, but how much will it be? Like be, be very clear with your numbers. I've noticed sometimes like even when people want to buy a fancy car, you know, we kind of assume we know what the price is or even when you look at a house, you say, oh, it must be millions. But unless you actually know how much it costs, it, it, you shouldn't let that block you from doing things. So when we start a business, we physically you know, work out every cent of how much it will cost us and what the time is that we'll need from us to you know, actually start it up. And then only do we make a decision whether it will work or not. We don't look at it and go, oh, yeah, that must surely be millions, because then you'll just say no to everything. You know, like even during COVID, we started this random business. It did not work, but we tried it. And it was a delivery service on bicycles because we live in a neighborhood where there's quite a, a few older people. And it worked really well for like four months. But then once people could you know, get out of their houses, the delivery didn't work. But I didn't see that as a failure. I just saw it as going after something, buying two or three bikes. If the bikes didn't, you know, if the system didn't work, we sold the bikes. The loss was really small, but I learned so much through the experience. And I actually grew my business name because people knew more about us. And they actually learned that we start, you know, businesses quite often. So I just think people, you know, really need to make a list, look at what you want to do, and then actually just get yourself to take action on one of them, you know, every six months or even every year. That's one of my favorites. And I, I, I mean, most of my businesses have some kind of synergies between them, right? And I, I exactly the same as you. I mean, I like, I love finding like amazing people who need some opportunity and maybe need a little bit of security in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at the same time, I also love partnering with people and so on, right? So and m- most of my businesses started like that. Sometimes when I have a business that's running really well, I'll, I'll actually, you know, make one of my staff members or whatever partner over time uh, to yes. own a piece of it um, and, and really just take over everything, right? Because that way you, you put yourself in a situation where, you know, they, they are fully vested in it and, you know, mm. they're, they're at a similar level to yourself in terms of the commitment and so on, which, which I always find works extremely yeah, well. Yeah, we also do that. And I think that's the best way because people that see that you've noticed them, you, you're showing your appreciation for what they've put in to help you bring the business to where it is now. And now you're giving them this huge thank you, you know, because it is big, because even though they work from you and they've learned so much from you, they still wouldn't be able to possibly maybe go and do it themselves. And they love having that guidance. It gives them safety and security, which is why the franchise model is exactly the same. Like people will buy from you into your business because you've given them that safety net you've done all the hard work for them now they're just gonna get to partner with someone that they look up to which i think is fantastic and that is what you are when you're a small business owner you should brag about yourself more often than we do because i always say to my clients there are millions of people sitting on the couch somewhere dreaming of just starting that idea that they have and that was all of us years ago but some of us you know take that step and we actually go after it so congratulations if you are listening and you're a small business owner because you are apart from millions of people who only dream about it yeah and well, most of them don't just dream about it. Most of them spend their time staring at the TV, looking at other people <laughs> living out their dreams. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, excellent. Excellent. What, what about management wise then? I mean, when you run multiple businesses and so on, any, any particular management advice that you feel that either something you feel you're doing very different or anything you feel, you know, that the audience can really learn from? 
Well, I definitely believe in having a super team. And when I say super team, it's bringing in those people, Matt, that we were talking about before, that's better than you at certain tasks, but doing it at, at a slow pace, you know, bringing in the first essential people that, you know, takes off the the 90% of the things on your to-do list that is uh, mediocre and it's, it's it's not making you money and it's not where your focus needs to be. That's the first thing. Um, and then to also plan out your business, you know, plan it out over the next five years as, as if you can see it growing massively and already imagine what those future positions will be because people... People that you meet today might have already the possibilities to grow into that space. And that's how I like to hire my staff. I like to hire, you know, the newbies, the people that, you know, like just has a massive ambition and I can kind of mold them into that position that I can see five years from now. Um, but um, in general, when it comes to management, I think the biggest thing is I've had to learn to let go. So once I hire someone to, you know, let's say they need to manage all our social media, you know, I guide them, I show them exactly what it is that I want. But once I can see them doing it, I need to learn to step back because if my attention is still staying on them, I didn't really do the whole management thing correct. So I need to move on to the next thing. And I think that is one tip that I really want to share is learn to let go. It's not always going to work. Some people will screw up. Sometimes you need, you need to bounce back and you might need to take over that position again, but it's how you learn. And once you find the right people, that changes magically by itself. So today we have different teams for all of our businesses, um, but our marketing team kind of covers everybody. But even in there, you know, I make sure that my, my staff know what we expect of them. We know they know what the dream is for the business so that they can kind of see if they fit into this dream and how big we are going to grow even more and how we expect more from them. And if we do see that someone is just not a perfect fit, we you know would either train with them more or mold them more. But if we see that this is not moving forward, we do end it because it's very important that, you know, I always explain to my staff, I'm like the mom with all the children and I cannot just favor one. And especially when you have different businesses, you have a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of people that you know need you to make this successful. So you need to kind of be just the neutral person and know what your levels of quality is that you want from your staff and be very clear on that. Love it. Love it. That's excellent. And uh, I, I think as well, like when when you when you're pushing staff, when you're developing staff, right? Like one one of my favorites is also giving the opportunity. I think very often people positively surprise me, and it's very easy to to take the other approach, saying, "Oh, you know, I don't think this guy's ready. I don't think this girl can handle it. Whatever." And mm-hmm. um, but but my experience have been that when you push people, you often get significantly more than you expect, right? Yes. And I think, uh, like, a lot of the time, we, we learn the most when we're under pressure, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I find it, like, sometimes people, business guys, they're trying to protect their staff too much and so on. But I always ask them a very simple question. How did you get to where you are right now? And the answer for all of them is, well, someone gave me responsibility and I did it. Or, you know, I gave myself the responsibility and I picked it up. And I'm like, yep, that is how you learn. Right. Yes, if, exactly. if you if you think just developing SOPs and teaching someone how to follow an SOP is going to make them a great business person, uh, that is never the case. Right. Uh, SOPs are great in the business, but um, people need to learn to make mistakes. Right. They they need to yeah. they need to learn to learn, and the only way to do that is by trying out stuff, failing, and making mistakes. Right. Yeah. And they can also come up with a different way that you maybe didn't even, you know, use before that can be faster or more efficient or just a different idea that, you know, in total can be added to your business as well. I also know that one of the things that my, my clients usually say, 
that their, their staff will complain that they're fully booked, like in the sense of that their schedule is so full, they can't, you know, add more work to them. And then usually one of the tasks I ask them to do is tell your staff member, as long as they get all their work done, they can leave early today. And every single time, there's always the response of, oh, I'm so impressed. My staff member got everything done by two o'clock so she can leave instead of leaving at five. But usually she says she can't even finish her work by five. So sometimes I think when you also put an incentive in place or also when you try to kind of like throw a ball in the mix and you say, well, you can leave early or if you could do this quickly, you can get this. Then people also put a little bit more energy and effort into their own work. So don't just always assume that, you know, someone might be full with their schedule when you actually, you know, implement some techniques to push them, you know, also to push themselves a little bit more. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, I, I always say that people are, people always have more capacity, right? Again, we learn yeah. the most when we're pushed, but at the same time, it's just like school, right? If you're <laughs> in a situation where you have an assignment due tomorrow, it'll be done tonight, right? Yes. That's how we work as human beings. And, you know, that's, that's how it is, right? And, and the thing is, the more pe- pressure you put people under, the better they deliver, um, and we used to, when I worked corporate, there used to be this old saying that uh, if you need something done fast, find the busiest man in the room or woman and yes. give it to them. They will do it very quickly. All right. And the whole point is that if someone is busy, they need to turn to things really quickly. Whereas yes. when you're not so busy, you know, you kind of take your time and you're like, yeah, I'll do that in a bit and so on. Right. So most people have more capacity. And here's the thing. If you give them the interesting stuff, they tend to have more capacity. If you, if you, if they're bored, if they're sitting boring work, they don't want to do more of it, right? And that's yeah. where I see a lot of problems happening is when people don't properly explain why they're delegating to that individual, right? Yeah, so very, very it's like, often. It's like you were mentioning before, you know, that that's why you need to check in with your staff. That's why you need to have those conversations because if they are bored, you know, like spice it up and make it more interesting and ask them what they are good at or what else would they like to do? Because that's when you actually make them happy in their space. And when, you know, staff is happy, it leads into your customers and that leads into your money. Definitely, definitely. Excellent. So any other sort of resources or anything else uh, you wanted to recommend to the audience, Nicolene? Anything that helped you a lot or, yeah? Um, two things. One, to really listen to your gut. Um, like sometimes, you know, we can get great ideas from the universe and that you should start this business or you should hire this person or you should come up with this new idea. But if it really does not resonate with you over a period of time and always give time, stuff, time to marinate in your mind and you know, play it out in your thoughts. And if this is this just not marinating well, you know, let it go. And something else, I truly believe something else will come your way that is meant more for you in that time and in that space that you're in. But combined with that, I'm a big believer in having a very good supportive system. You need to have people that are ambitious like you. You need to be in in groups where there are people that are ahead of you, but not 10, 20 years, but people that are like three, four, five years ahead of you doing kind of similar things that you're doing so that you can be truly inspired. I mean, I, I am inspired by people that make billions. Um, but I'm also inspired by the person that, you know, like has horrible life you know, circumstances and yet they still, you know, start a business. So I make sure that my circles that I mix in and the people that I go to for advice and for, you know, bouncing off ideas is a mix because that is how I feel inspired. And I know that I'm inspiring them with my responses, but I always say like, if you don't have that, this is what is holding people back because unfortunately, and I say this with all the love in the world, not all your friends and family that you currently have 
will ever understand what your dreams are all about because it's just not how we're you know made some people are really made to be an entrepreneur and to dream and to go after their dreams but your husband or your wife or your family and even your closest friends will look at you and think that you know you're crazy why do you want to do this because they don't have those ambitions and then that's also fine that's not their fault i just say you know go find your other group of people where you can brainstorm where you can get energized and where you can get to a solution when you have a problem because that's how you literally move one step forward every single day yeah and yeah it's all about networking right i mean for for me that's definitely i i i learned it all early on in the corporate world that you know it's all about knowing people and building your network out right and that when i went in as an entrepreneur like that helped me so much like i'll I'll move to a new place and you know i'll literally just open up linkedin message 100 people and say hey i'm new in this city you know let's meet whatever and you know i'll meet so many people and in three months i would have a bigger network than most people i met right so even even though i was new guy in town everyone would ask me hey do you know someone that does this and you know this and you know there's someone that do this and 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 that's the way you set yourself apart right besides uh, as you say like yeah i've always been very lucky I, i haven't mixed my private life with business so much so i've always been in a situation where i haven't had a lot of bad advice and that's unfortunately what i see with a lot of people when yes. you know when they have family or when they have friends that are trying to advise them but have no idea what what how the world turns around right yes yeah, that, and it's hard and it's hard. And it might sound like to some people when you say, you know, go out and network, it might sound so scary because it's not, but it's not about making money. Like the idea is not you shaking someone's hand and think, you know, how am I going to sell to them? The idea is to, to grow the people that you know so that, you know, you can start introducing other people to other people. And it's also, you're making friends. And when you talk about business, they don't look at you weird and they don't think your idea is crazy. You know, they, they easily will give you advice and through their lessons that they've gone through or their struggles, you get to learn something. So it's really, it's just, it's like making friends but in a different type of environment so that the expectation is that we are here to support each other and you know if you can cross promote me one day i can do the same for you yeah and and that, that's the one thing i mean every time I, I go to what i call a car slinger event i'm out of there mm-hmm. like I've, I've joined some of these bni groups and all this stuff over the years and uh, when when i get three business cards within 15 minutes it's the wrong place for me right so totally <laughs> totally agree with you yes <laughs> I agree. I'm not a, I'm not a business card person. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, that's life. Well, Nicolene, awesome, awesome talking to you. Lots of amazing value. And I'm sure the audience had as much fun as I've had. If people are eager to get hold of you, what's the best way to do so? Well, they can reach me on my website. It's nicolinealfadad.com. I'm also on LinkedIn as Nicolene Alfadad. And I also have a Facebook group called Multiply to Millions, where I help business owners to multiply their income streams and also their business so they can also reach millions. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much me. Simple, easy to find Nicolene Alfadad. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me. And to the audience, we'll be back again next week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.